On this episode of Quantum Week, May 18th through 24th, 2008. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leave into a random week of a random year. Talk about movies, music, headlines, stories. And today we are in late May 2008 with Iron Man and Take a Bow by Rihanna. Yes. Before we do that, though, want to thank our patrons, um, Drunk Greg Hill. All right, Drunk <laughs> Greg Hill. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. A legend. <laughs> uh, Joe from VA and Dan S. Thank you all very much for that. Also, one other thing about, uh, I got a message through the... Uh, patreon channel okay. today too our good buddy uh steven asked to bring back the synopsis of the films because sometimes people haven't seen the films it's right? true and they want to know it I, but I, i've stopped because you just give me shit about it well yeah so I, I, don't like when you, I don't like when you write it out it's my thing yeah whatever iron man's a superhero movie about a guy named iron man okay <laughs> not really helpful or funny well um <laughs> synopsis uh, yes it is a synopsis uh so also we are having a our, our movie watch along face off uh for the, our for our patrons. So even if you uh you know obviously you pay five dollars a month, you get uh, an extra show every Sunday. But uh, that that can be a lot for some people, especially right now. Yeah. Unemployment's crazy right now. Uh, it's a pandemic. There's a lot of shit going on. So even if you are in the dollar, I think the dollar is the smallest amount you can do. So yep. a dollar or more. Anyone who's a patron at all at any money level will be able to go to uh part take part in our uh face off watch along to be on youtube yep we're going to send out a link i guess yep and um we encourage everyone says saturday night so we you're hearing this on wednesday it'll be the saturday coming up the uh, june i mean january 30th i wish it was june um yeah at, seven o'clock at night seven o'clock at night and then yeah. you can um you can watch face off with us it'll be super casual we just watching face off watching face talking off, about it talking about the movie and then um answer any questions you guys might have yeah Anything else before we get into the movie? Should be it. Iron Man. Iron Man. Um, oh, I totally blew that. I should have done this, actually. I should have done a little bit of... Get you all psyched. Wow, all right. Matt's very proud of himself. Whenever he has like a, a thing like what? that, like you have a big, big smile beams in your face. You, uh-huh. get, you get very excited. I like to do a little show production sometimes, you did, you, but you, I fucking blew it. I don't know. It's because we were talking about it. Did ruin it, yes. <laughs> uh, yes, Iron Man. So Iron Man, uh, I'm famously critical of Marvel movies. Yes. Uh, I've only seen four of them. So uh, this is one of the four I had seen before. Yep. Uh, this movie is a sensational movie. This movie is a fantastic action movie. Yeah, it's very good. Absolutely great. B plus for me. Uh, a minus for me. Oh, wow. I, Higher I, praise than me? Yeah. I re- That's this shocking. Is a, this is a really good movie. Yeah, this it's is really a, good. This is a borderline A movie. This is this is a fantastic film. It does everything right. Brilliantly acted, especially for a superhero movie. Yep. Uh, and uh, a great script and a great concept. And it just it's perfectly perfectly executed by John Favreau. Oh yeah. Uh, this is an amazing job by a director. This is this is right there with Donner uh, directing Superman, Superman. and uh, Nolan and Burton directing Batman movies. And then you have Favreau directing this first Iron Man movie. This is. Uh, a real amazing job in a in a with a degree of difficulty that's much harder than it looks. He makes this look easier than it is. Why is it just the effects? What's what's hard about it? No, uh, no, it's the storyline. I mean, the storyline. Think about all this th- shit that happens. A and think there about the fact lot. that you have a character and Robbie Downey Jr. is fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Think about you have a character that is a war profiteer. It's held hostage in Afghanistan or somewhere in the yep, Middle East. That's right. And then he then has kind of a a, a, a come to jesus come to whatever moment 
Where he realized, Muhammad, you know, given the, the, the sure. place that he was. Yeah. Come to somebody moment, but he, re- but he realizes his old ways aren't the right thing to do. And he comes back and kind of, but he does it all authentically. That's like impossible to, to take. That's like a really hard thing to, to pull off because it wouldn't, if it was a lesser actor or a lesser director, it just wouldn't feel believable. He'd be like, I don't know if I buy this. Oh yeah. And that's the good thing about, uh, um, Robert Downey Jr. In this is it, when he's in the caves with, uh, was it Yinsen? Um, who the guy who acts as like his conscience? Uh, who, who's great? He his, is his great. His name is uh, I think uh, is Sean Taub. Is that what it is? Sean, Am I saying that right? I'm sorry. That sounds about right. But you see Sean this. Taub, yes. You see this moment where where Robert Downey Jr. like he sort of breathes and he like he makes this realization and and he thanks this guy and he's like thanks him more than just saving his life. Like he he also he he didn't just save his physical life. He saved his you know he now he can have a a much. Um, more humane life too. He can do better things for humanity. And it would seem corny. It was tall, by the way, is brilliant in this film as well. He's very, very, very good yeah. in, uh, in, in that scene. And, and you need someone who's very good. Cause a, they're going toe to toe with Downey jr. Right. Who's who obviously is overacting a lot in this movie, but that's kind of what this role asks it's, for. It, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And, yeah. and that's kind of what this character does. Right. He's bigger than life. That's what he is. Yeah. Um, but for him to kind of be a quieter character, but also hold just as much gravitas uh, is really impressive. Uh, and yeah, uh, when he, but at the end when he dies, um, he's like, you know, uh, don't waste your life, which is incredibly corny on the page. If you just look at the script, you're like, okay, roll, roll, yeah, you roll your eyes. But it, but when it's happening, because the acting is so good and because you've kind of gone on this journey with these two people, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't care. I wasn't, I wasn't, no, I, I didn't you roll my eyes out. at all. No, no. You thought you, you believe their emotional connection. Yes, totally. Yeah. Which was great. Um, and also a little bit of the twist that his family, his family, I mean, I, I, I don't right. think I knew this at the time, but that his family was actually gone. Right. He was at peace with dying because he probably felt like he did as well as he could do given the circumstances and was ready to move on. I mean, I, that whole, and that, 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 that first that, act is it's, really good. It's really good. And it's, it's pretty long too, without a it's, lot it's a first of action. Act. I mean, right. It, it is an entire, like that is really, you know, it's a yeah. true first act of a film. So for that to be really compelling, yes. like it ta- that, you're right. That does take you're a lot. In a fucking cave. You're dark. in a cave, right. You don't really, you don't really know the Tony Stark character because you've only known him, you know, this first act, you've known him yeah. for at most 40 minutes. Right. Uh, you don't know really the, the Sean Taub character at all. You have kind of these other bad guys. Some of them aren't speaking English. There's not a lot of connection to be made there, but it, but, but it is, but it works Brilliantly. it might even be the best act in the movie like i think you're right you can make a case for that yeah i think you're having right. said that the second and third acts are equally good and the you know and uh gwyneth paltrow is so good in this she's good yeah she's really it's a really really well done part uh acting job by her in a role i'm sure gwyneth paltrow you can tell she's done interviews since famously she has no idea what the fuck's going on with marvel movies she doesn't, she doesn't even know what marvel movies she was in no she had people send her comic books that were relevant so she could read them before she did the part but she but she's great she is great and she's she's trying hard that's the other thing is everyone in this movie actually is working like, they are no yeah. one is like checked in. no arnold schwarzenegger you know uh, it's called mr freeze <laughs> like none of that shit in this it's icy <laughs> like zero now just zero is my favorite line by him what is that's it? from the running man sub zero now just zero. Oh, all right i, I was like what does he say the Iceman cometh um yeah there's not no one's like no one's checked out everyone's like treating this like uh a more traditional i don't say drama but a more traditional film like yeah you know, a non-superhero movie they're, they're working just as hard yeah including you know we talked about jeff bridges who's great in this too yeah i really like bridges there so the reason why this doesn't get in say an a minus yeah is the kind of the end scene where they're having their confrontation and the 
the the script just gets really cheesy. That was a, that was tough for so me to right before look. the fight scene. The timing doesn't make any sense. Everything's kind of all jumbled. Like she she runs. She, there's a great scene with Gwen Paltrow and Jeff Bridges. It's probably the best scene for both of them when they're in the when they're in Tony's office. Yes. Um, and then she leaves, and he kind of chases after her. But then she gets the uh, agent, yeah, agent, agent Coulson, Coulson or whatever, and they, and they walk off. That's really good. Yeah. But then it gets kind of jumbled because then he somehow goes to Tony Stark's house before she even leaves yeah, the was, office. That was weird. Where did they go? She's in the parking garage and he's already at Tony Stark's house. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sense. make any sense. No. Like that was weird. Things get, things get kind of fucked up there. Uh, and that's probably why it's on a movie for me is that that same general thing. Mm. Having said that the fight scene at the end is perfectly timed. It's not too long. No, it's not. I thought it was fun. In fact, I, the only, my only critique it's very minimal, but I understand why they do it. I would have liked if it was just when he gets iced at the end, like uh, when he when they go up as high as they can, and he yeah, just yeah, yeah. doesn't figure out the icing. I kind of wish they had killed him because Tony just simply outsmarts him. Oh, should have killed him. But instead, he they have this huge explosion at the end. I know why you know you do stuff like that because uh, you know the studio is saying, hey, we need we need more of a bang. We need a bang. we need more excitement. You know, we need to have more of a thrill at the end. But you don't even see how he survives that fall. No, like we don't know. I mean. He, you would have been a pancake from that high from, I don't know, 70,000, 80,000 feet. He must have somehow turned uh, the robot suit on just like Tony did, I guess. Then show us that. I know. You know? Yeah. That that, maybe it was an end. I kind of wish it was almost like they tacked on that explosion. In fact, that's the one time too, is the effects don't look great. Right. When that, that that Stark laboratories, whatever explodes, it looks like shit. And it's like, ah, this feels rushed. I just didn't like the the um, the over the narration too by Jeff Bridges that it's not his fault it's the script like when they're ta- when they're on top of the of the building yeah and he's like yeah. I don't know he's just saying kind of easy tropes I, I don't remember the language but it, you know it's that, just that sort scene of doesn't work I, I, sure, I, like I, who are you to think that you could be this way Tony Smack yeah like that I made you smell like that bullshit it's just like uh. I felt like they there was an intention initially that. And I could be way off base here. That to have it be the icing is what kills him. Yeah. And they kind of tack, they rush this yeah. in. And this is so this goes into my critique about Marvel movies. Okay. So everybody's probably like, well, Chris likes Marvel movies. Chris likes Iron Man. You know, well, he's full, you know, he, uh, he just hasn't seen enough of them. And maybe that is true. But the ones I've seen, the issues are is that this movie took an incredibly long time to make. Um, yeah. and it was, you know, uh, Favreau and Downey Jr. You know, the, the script was written by four people, which usually is a sign of bad things to come. <laughs> sure, <yes. laughs> you never want to see four. No. Anything more than three, you're like, oh boy, here we go. It's going to be a rough movie. <laughs> but, um, what happened was Favreau took these two scripts, kind of co- combined them, and then worked with, uh, Downey Jr. on the, uh, dialogue. Right. And that's why it sounds so, uh, oh, more authentic, more real. Yeah. It more sounds real. totally believable. It sounds yeah. like it's coming from him. Like, uh, yeah. And he also worked with other actors as well on the dialogue. Favreau is brilliant at writing dialogue. Look at Swingers. Oh, yeah, made. I mean, right. Uh, Favreau's, uh, this is what makes him so great. Favreau, he can direct comedy to a very high level and can direct a movie like this to a high level. He's incredibly talented. I know yeah. he does The Mandalorian, which I have not seen. Very uh, good, though. First season is what I've seen. I hear it's very brilliant. Good. I believe it's brilliant because Favreau, you know, is working hard and doing a good job. He uh, hasn't had the best directorial career though it gets because, it gets muddy but all, so after those first after uh well he didn't direct swingers but he does he does elf which is it's all elf, right elf is very good it doesn't hold up as well i think the, it, i think it's a very good holiday movie. all right then he does cowboys and aliens which, which not, did not work not good yeah. uh chef is really good well, so, well you, you're not doing the timing right? is that no that's is, a, that's the timing yeah it goes elf cowboys and aliens chef mandalorian so he well, wrote you're missing stuff no well, i missed iron man he does yeah. Iron Man one and Iron he also Man two. Like this is Zathora. He's just done the Disney movies. Yeah, Zathora was before. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you, you're not well, really you're not really telling the story. Though. You're leaving stuff out. So he does the Zathora, which doesn't work, which bombs. Right. Then he does Iron Man one. 
Very uh, good. Which is a huge success. Iron Man 2, which is goes back to my point about Marvel movies not working. Yeah. Because what happened was Marvel just got hyper-involved. I'm not criticizing them for getting hyper-involved because they are a huge behemoth. They're wildly successful. Well, and they're going to spend $150 million making a movie. It's not so. just that. It's not just that. You just it's not about they're... the money because this, this is expensive to me too. Huh. What happened was during Iron Man 2, and the reason Favreau doesn't work with Marvel anymore is they were like, hey, we want to incorporate all these Avenger things oh, in here. Oh, I see. And he's like, well, I'm making my own movie. And they're like, right. no, 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 no. You're making a Marvel movie. This is what we do now. I see. And there was a huge fight. And that, uh, Favreau hasn't done a Marvel thing since. Uh, he hasn't directed one since. Um, and uh, that, and so people try to, oh, I, I, we'll finish this part with me. I yeah, want, yeah. Then I want, I want to go back to my original point of the Marvel. Yeah, you sure, really sure. sidetracked me here. Sure. So then he does count, well, you did. I was talking about my, my, my Marvel thing. I'm sorry, it's a conversation. So, it's okay. Well, it is a conversation, but uh, it took attention. So uh, here's Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't work. Then he does Chef, but Chef, the reason he does Chef is because of the Iron Man 2 thing, really. And also Cowboys and Aliens didn't work, but it didn't. Uh, Chef, uh, Iron Man 2 really fucking gave him, a, and we'll talk about more when we, when we do Iron Man 2, really was a negative uh, experience. And he uh, just wanted to take it. I see. To take it oh, way yeah, back. Oh yeah, because Chef is way, is small. Is incredible. Is way small. Yeah. I mean, it's really it's about him. a food truck. I yeah, mean, it couldn't right. be smaller. Uh, and it's actually very good. It I mean, is good. Yeah, I like the movie yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um. And then he's gone back and he's done those Disney um, whatever you know. Oh, like, the Mandalorian. Uh, but what else did he do? Well, he did the Jungle Book and Lion King. Oh, I forgot about those two. Yeah. Uh, which which eh. I saw. I think I saw. I saw one. I saw Jungle Book. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Um. So back to my Marvel thing. So the reason I, I have issue with Marvel movies, we're kind of talking about you about. When I say Marvel movies, what have I seen? I've seen Captain America, the first one. Yep. I know everyone says the second one's better. I'm sure it is. Uh, I've seen uh, The Hulk, which some people say is a misfire as well. Yeah. And then I've seen, I've saw The Avengers. And The Avengers was the one that, like, I'm, I'm out. Uh, the first Avengers movie. Yep. It's not, to me, that's not a good movie. Uh, we'll talk about more, more when we get there. I'm sure we'll get there soon enough. That movie just does not work for me on a lot of levels. And it's, Civil War is the best one, by the way. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen that. Uh, but that first one is, it's a lot of, I feel like they're trying to capture that Iron Man magic and just trying to like repurpose it. So you have a lot of people who are trying, everyone in Marvel movies tries to be funny yeah. too. And like all the jokes are corny yep. and it kind of works when Aubrey Downey Jr. is doing it because he, he's good and he has, he's, he's got good comedic timing. Great, great yeah. timing. Um, and he is this bigger than life kind of ridiculous Tony Stark character. Right. And he's kind of ridiculous kind of guy too. Aubrey Downey Jr. I mean, look at even his beard's ridiculous. Like I know, all it is. of it's ridiculous. <laughs> the, shape, the shape of it is funny. And you're like, all right, well, this guy's kind of, but like to have someone who's maybe not a comedic actor kind of try to do these one liners. It's just, it just nah. doesn't work a lot of times. And, and then the movies try to get bigger and bigger and like, kind of like the end of Iron Man. Like they keep, like I felt like they felt they had to keep tacking on these bigger and bigger things. And it's, that's not why I go to the movies. I'm 40, 41 year old guy like well, not, once you see it there's only so much that an explosion can do for I, you yeah You're just like, like i've seen big fight scenes and explosions the problem with the avengers movies is there's just so many of them and so it's just it's like and everybody needs their screen time they all need to be doing stuff and so it's like waves of fighting with different people but it's all kind of the same so that's not, that's not you don't get to learn to about yeah. someone you know, like that, which is why this one works, and which is why yes. you're right. Um, I and I do like the the Captain America films. Those three. So the second one is Winter Soldier. The third one is Civil War. I do like those three as well because it's more about you know we're learning about him and like we get to stay with that him first one. You learn about him. I just don't think it's a particularly good movie. I think it's pretty I, good. It's okay. It was actually you know what. Um, I think it it was better than I I went in expecting it to not be good. Okay. Like that character to me is very cheesy. Right. But I think they did it in a way that that it it, it was a little like they they knew too. Like they were tongue in cheek about stuff and they they like like they they knew the cat that 
the ultra patriotic right was, that's a little much they they knew that going in so you know what i mean it was it was just yeah. it, it, they made it better than it, than it could have been yeah i think i think there's a lot of paint by numbers with these movies too where it's like sure. all right you know hey the good guy wins and this happens here too uh you know the good guy's always gonna win in the end so i mean uh yeah and the, the journey is almost always kind of the same. And I, I mean, I guess there's only so much you can do with some of these superhero movies, sure. but I'm also just kind of like burned out. I'm just like tired of this genre. But having said that though, I watched this and I was reinvigorated. Was I was like, this is a really good movie. This is, this made me want to go do that. But then I remember it. Oh, that's right. I've seen some of these other movies and they don't work. Like they're not all this good. And the reason no. this one is so good is because they actually took the time to work on it. I'm not saying the other Marvel movies are rushed because they're, they're not in a lot of ways. I mean, they're, they're fine movies. I know that they, you know, they, they do very well box office wise. They do. The, the effects are, are I'm, I'm sure very good. Um, you know, they get nominated for a lot of stuff. I'm sure it's, it's good, but I, I don't feel like as, as much attention to the characters as you see in, in, that's exactly right. That's the problem. Yeah. You don't, you don't get to know someone. Yeah. Like I like this movie a lot. Like the fighting sometimes, although the effects actually held up amazingly well. I think they look really good. Really good. Except yeah. for like I said that last thing, they held, they held up great. But there isn't a lot of, there really isn't as that much fighting in this movie. No. Like he's not in the suit that much. No. No, and those are kind of fun. You know, the him um, when he gets targeted by uh, the Air Force. Yeah. Uh, and the planes are chasing him. Like that, yeah. scene, that scene's fun. That's fun. Because yeah. That's a good action scene. Because he's like, that's his like first, it's his second time out, but really his first time right. out. And so he's really excited too, and yeah, you get you know you get that little payback where he goes to the village and, and sort of avenges right. his friend, and then gets chased by but those. He clips that wing in that. Clips line. that wing. That's like that, crazy. That's yeah, a really. That's a. Really, that goes and saves a guy. Yeah, really good action scene. That, that is, is a really well done scene. And I know that other scenes exist in, in other Marvel movies that are also really fun. Um, just the idea of like sitting through over twenty eight of these things to maybe to get like five good movies. I, th- that doesn't seem like a, a great roll the dice i'm with me. you on that yeah i've seen all of them and you've seen all of them i have yeah so what what do you like when you see like, well, the 17th just, one you're like all right we're doing this again or like what is it what do you what is going through your brain i'm more uh chill about it than than you are i i just you know we uh, you know this about it we go and see blockbusters in the in the theater it's just what we do like a new marvel comes out it's a fun experience we get our popcorn i'm allergic to corn so i don't eat the popcorn anymore which blows of course <laughs> No corn syrup, no car, no, right, no right, carbonated right, beverages, right. whatever. So, but yes, but yes. they're just fun, like very big normal. kind of spectacle movies. And so some what are you of them have been very good. You're watching, like oh, I'm like sometimes this? I get a little bored. Sometimes I get yeah. a little bored. But whatever, it's just me and Barbara. We're holding hands, hanging out. It's nice, you know. It's good. We get out. We go have dinner. Go see a movie. Those are. It's a date night. It's fun. Yeah, I I, I, I am less harsh. Some are really bad. Some are like Captain Marvel, Marvel, bad. Right. People uh, really, some actually, of them that's are. That's the one where I really oh. saw. I actually, because I think a lot of it is like, they're going to like, oh. I feel like a lot of people go see Marvel movies and no matter what they come out, they, they say it's great, but like, it's not great. They're just like, they want to think it's great. But Captain Marvel, I will say, is the first oh. time you start to hear real bullback. So You're like, this bad. was not good. And some of the other ones aren't bad too. The first Ant-Man's not bad. Yep. Uh, Thor 1 is bad, but uh, but Thor, the last Thor was actually really good. It's one of the better ones. Uh, Ragnarok. Thor, Ragnarok. That's yeah. a That's a good one. Yeah, people, people people like that one. And then, so the Captain America ones, I'm pretty good with uh, the Iron Man's. Mm, the Iron Man's are pretty good when it starts to lose it, and three is not. Well, two does doesn't get a lot of good buzz. Yeah, and then two, three, two two is very negatively received. Three, there's like nothing going on. He had a different director. He goes on a like on like a soul search. I guess mission. I'm sure we ran into it. So I mean, yeah. we're gonna start running into these more and more. So I guess I'm just probably just gonna I, you know, like I said, there was a it was like 25 percent. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna do the Marvel. Thing. I'm gonna crush the Marvel movies. I'm gonna do because I really enjoy this. Yeah. But then I I had I had Avengers flashback, and I'm like. And I know people really love Avengers. That movie did a crazy box office. Oh. 
uh, people loved it. I know I'm on the outside on this one. Um, but, yeah, but how can you not critique? We'll get there. But the set, like the last one, it was huge message hammer too. It's like, now let's get the group of ladies to come in and fight. And right. then it was just like, why? It's huge message hammers. Yeah. It started to get fucking obnoxious. And they're so big. Like, I didn't that feel last like there was a- any of that with this movie. It was also None. kind of refreshing too. And you know, this is 2008. So this is kind of before a lot of the, the extra ultra PC stuff um, for good or for bad. And then, you know, the me too movement, I think is a huge, is a very good thing. Yeah. A lot of that shit needs to be exposed. And, and there is some major issues. There's not enough women. There are, there are no women directors in Hollywood. It's crazy. There absolutely needs to be more. Totally. There's no representation there. There are major issues. Having said that, though, I don't want to be lectured every fucking time I go to the movies. Yeah, that's not why we're going to the movies. I, you know, I, I get to some extent, you know, it, it needs to happen on, on some level uh, as a society, you know, whether it be Black Lives Matter or other things. And, and I, I agree with a lot of these things, but I don't want to see and hear them all the time. And a lot of times I go to the movies to get away from the world i, I try to right. escape in this new yeah, world this, 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 right. and sometimes it's not you know i don't mind i mean you know to kill a mockingbird is a message hammer movie that's a great you know it's a classic movie sure. you know there's other movies that are message hammer movies that, that work but you know some if i want to go see fucking iron man chances are i don't want to fucking get lectured and, and to this to their credit well this is a little earlier they don't this is no there's no lecturing this no there is simply just sit back enjoy this ride we're going to go on with these really talented actors you know think about it, you have terrence howard <sighs> who's a very good, very actor, good actor and he's very good in this. Yes, he is. Uh, you know, Jeff Bridges, we talked about him on the Patreon show, seven Academy Award nominations. <laughs> right. Yes. That's, that's uh, was as many as De Niro or one less than De Niro. Is I thought, it was, yes, maybe eight for De Niro. Is that yeah, what eight for De Niro. And still seven that same. For, we went through the list of, of who's been nominated more than Jeff Bridges. The list is pretty short. Really short. Like he's literally been nominated as many times as Ingrid Bergman. Like it's crazy yeah. how, like, yeah. and how we don't, you know, so you have Jeff Bridges, one of the all time actors, Hall of Fame actor. And then you got Favreau, who's great too. Yeah, Favreau, who's a small part. No, he but, he, but he's super likable. He like, oh, he's always yeah. like, right. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. have, uh, you know, Robbie Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. who, you know, Paltrow's an Oscar winner. Yep. And that's not an accident. Like she, I know she gets a lot of shit for her weird branding of her, you know, whatever, what, but she's vagina an actor. candles or something. Yes, yes. Um, but like go, go see contagion, you know, go see, um, seven even. She's so oh, likable on screen. Seven. She's yeah. very personable on yeah. screen and she's really good in this. She, she is. Gwen Paltrow, when she is actually acting is a very good actor. She is. Um, yeah. they casted this brilliantly. They spent so much time and care with this. And it wasn't about, the other reason is this movie, I like this movie a lot is it's not about the next movie. Every Marvel movie I've seen since then is all about the next Marvel movie. It really is. Which I can't criticize them too much because, look, it fucking worked. Those movies make... It's insane. They're, they're the NFL of movies. They make, they make money when nobody else can. This one, you know, worldwide made over $500 million. Then this was the first one. So right. they knew, like, the upside. They knew the fucking upside. They knew it was a huge risk for Marvel. I give Marvel a lot of so do you know how this was produced at yeah, all? So yeah. Marvel's like, all right, we want to make movies. And they make Marvel Studios. But they they have no distribution channels, right? So that's what that, that what, what does that mean, distribution? That means that basically have the relationships with the movie theaters, yep. being able to put the movie the movie out. Um in around the when independent films started to pop up more in the in the mid nineties, um, you'd have companies like Paramount, Warner Brothers, um, basically distribute movies people put out. So, like, let's say you were indie, whatever, company. Sure. And you wanted a movie, you reach out to Paramount. You're like, Paramount's like, all right, well, um, you know, we'll distribute it, which costs about $20 million to distribute a major movie like this. But then uh, on the back end, we will take, you know, say 30% of your mm. whatever, or whatever you're, yeah. you know, and yeah, then yeah. they work it out. Um, eventually, the movie 
companies like Paramount, Warner Brothers started to create their own independent divisions, like focus features and stuff like that. Sure. To basically kind of Double circumvent. Dip. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, cause they realized we're not making enough just doing distribution. Distribution. Right. We need to make our own movies. Um, so Marvel basically was like an independent, well, you know, the, the most, <laughs> you know, the, the biggest muscles ever on independent, but you know, they had seen what happened with fantastic four. That movie, those movies did not work. No. You know, they had seen what happened with other movies they'd done. They're like, and the Hulk movie, the angry Hulk movie, they're like, right. eh, we want to do our own thing and we want to create a real, a real world. But we, you know, we, we're going to start with this one. So they, they had no, they had no business in movies. They'd only done comics really. And, uh, you know, work with studios to make their own movies. Yeah. So they reached out, you know, and Paramount said, all right, we will distribute it. And they did. Um, and, but Marvel is the studio. Marvel put up the money to make this movie, which cost a shitload of money. This movie looks great. This it does is look great. Not cheap at all. I give Marvel so much credit for not scrimping when a lot of other people probably would have. Yeah, because a lot of people would have been, yeah, been yeah. in this like, hey, look, maybe we'll do it for 40 million less. We'll, make, we'll, we'll still make a profit. Let's just right. do that. Yeah, right. And they didn't. No. They made this look great. Yeah, it looks great. And, um, and then eventually what happened was, and this is what happened, I think the falling out between Paramount and uh, Marvel was, uh, hey, we actually can just distribute this ourselves. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. See you guys. Our movies make so much money. We now have created the relationship with the theaters and, yep. and, the, uh, uh, and the people we need to. So then, then Marvel became their own studio. And then what Disney bought Marvel. Disney bought them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so, now they're on the, the Disney plus channel. Uh, but you, you mentioned that this was well cared for dude. Even the cinematographer is Matthew, uh, Lobotic. Yes. The guy who did black Swan and Requiem for a dream. Yeah. And, like, I mean that this is not a fucking round guy. Like this is a guy who does good work. No, this is not like just action movie. We'll just slap on, you know, the, you know, shoot things in a very standard way. Well, they made, they treated this like a real movie. Like they went and got the best people. They did. They got the best cinematographer. They got the best director for this movie. They got, you know, Favreau who also has the ability to kind of help with the script too. Sure. Great, great hire there. Um, just in case the, the script, I think it probably was clunky. Four people wrote it. Yeah. Um, so to have someone like Favreau be able to go in there and really kind of polish it up, that's a big, that's a, that's a game changer. And plus Favreau is someone, you know, you can stick to a budget. Like he's done big budget movies, but they never, they never exceeded budget. And they always kind of stuck to schedules for the most part. Cowboys and aliens, I know had some problems, but, um, you know, he did elf and he, you know, he's someone that can do things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was a really, it was a really well thought out, well cared for movie. My issues is, and then just becomes Marvel just becomes about the next. Right. And is that a great viewing experience? I, I don't, really see how i'd rather focus on like let's just live in this story why do we need to worry about what's going to happen down the road i understand why they do it i understand why people like it but it's not typically for me but maybe I mean, i'm wrong maybe i just haven't seen enough of them i mean sometimes the easter eggs are fun like if you go back and watch them and you're like oh yeah this is a call forward sure you know then that's kind of that is kind of cool when you can you know you get to explore that but i don't want someone making a movie so someone has a quick little like oh i'm clever i saw that you're right. years later like this that shouldn't be what you're thinking about when you're making a movie you Not should be trying to tell the best possible story you should yeah and, and i i don't know if that's always the intent with marvel movies probably not i, I mean that's, I know that's, they can get away that's, with a, that's lot a little upsetting it's a little disturbing i get that um i also wanted to say this is a great run for downey too this time is in his acting career so he goes from huge drug problems um and like Crazy. basically not getting insured like losing his no one will insurance insure him to do films anymore right. until mel mel gibson comes around right. and says we're going to have you do His this buddy from air America. Yeah, exactly. From like 19, what was that 1990 or something? 90, 80, yeah. 90. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, they, and they stayed friendlies. They are friendlies and friendlies. <laughs> they stayed friendly. <laughs> friendlies. Friendly me this, but he, so, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so, but Mel Gibson said, Hey, we want you to do singing detective and all it like he put up the money to insure him. And then that, that kind of like gets him back on track. And 
apparently he's been drug free since 2003. Yes. Anyway, it, it, it worked. He has, but when this, so this was a, a wild hire. Okay. Yeah. But before, okay. Right. But think about this run though, too. So you get, so that's, that's where he's started. Yeah. But then he goes, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Right. Zodiac, Tropic Thunder, Iron Man, Sherlock Holmes. Right. But there's a, there's a huge divide there. So you have Kiss Piss, Bang Bang, and then what was the next one? Zodiac? I think Zodiac okay, was so those 2007. Two, those two movies are both very good critical movies. They are. You know, for sure. They uh, are. I, I, I really got to see and Zodiac. And so is Tropic Thunder. Right, but those two, though, those two are movies are, you know, we're talking about budgets that are, you know, $30 million. Yeah, they're a lot smaller. Right? Yeah. It's, it's not, not all the same scale. Uh, Tropic Thunder um, has a bigger budget, uh, for sure. So that's definitely... Um, kind of a different movie but then iron man and sherlock holmes are, di- are different than that i know now we're talking 100 so then studios really care and i the studio did not want them to hire him um they and didn't if, and if i was marvel i would have been like fuck no because this guy's gonna relapse any day now who knows yeah you're right and if we're gonna build this whole if the whole purpose is to build this whole world yeah we need him for another seven movies or whatever right? it is yeah yeah right whatever it is they only paid him a half million to do this movie too oh wild that seems you only made a half but that shows, you, that shows you how weird his career was. So right. even though I know he mentioned those movies you mentioned. Uh, he mentioned the movies you mentioned. That's funny. Uh, someone mentioned them. I think I did. Them. I'm here. You mentioned them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, those movies are not, you know, it's... That's, you don't have the same um, yeah, difficulty scale, yeah, basically, with all like, the money. The studios yeah. don't really give a shit. Right. I mean, they do, but they don't. Yeah. You know, like, eh. You know, Tropic Thunder, we can, you know, we have other actors in there we could probably sell this movie with. Zodiac we're doing this to get Oscars. We don't really care if it makes money. And then kisses, bang, bang. No one gave a shit about it. No, at all. no, no, no. Um, and yeah. So to do this, you know, and Downey to his credit was like, I'll do it for it. Cause I think he knew if I do this, it then can be, it can be really good. And then people will believe in me again. So I can do a Sherlock Holmes. Right. And, and I can do more hundred hundred million dollar movies. Or maybe he just believed in the vision of Marvel. Which is incredible. It's like buying wall on a stock. It's true. I mean, maybe he he saw what this could be because he was a fan of the comics and he mm-hmm. knew what this character was and he knew what they what Marvel was trying to do. And I give I give everyone a ton of credit for bringing him on because I honestly I would not have I would I would have I would have read like too many red this. flags. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would have yeah. like no way. Yeah. Let's go get somebody else. I can't picture anybody else in the. I know they were talking about maybe Sam Rockwell, which they did bring him back for the second film. Right. I don't think. Rockwell would have done it well. I lo- and I love Rockwell, but Rockwell it doesn't have the same. Isn't as, so that's the other thing with this movie that works so well is uh, Robbie Downey Jr. is so intelligent on screen. Yeah. He's obviously a smart guy too, but yeah, yeah. on screen though, he kind of exudes a smart, he's very smart. Yep. Rockwell kind of exudes a goofiness. He does. And Iron Man is, has to be really smart because you have to believe he makes all these weapons. Like, I don't know if I believe Rockwell. I don't know. Is that brilliant? Obviously, it's ridiculous. No one's going to build an Iron Man suit in a cave. I understand that, but you're able to kind of push that away you believe him that he's because, a child prodigy. That yeah, right. Because Robbie Downey Jr. is so smart on screen. Yes. So you're like, oh, I, I, I'm willing to, you know, push that disbelief away because I believe what I'm seeing. If it was Sam Rockwell, I'd be like, I wouldn't buy it. No. And then the whole, unless that first hack act works, none of it, it all hinges on that. Yeah, it does. I don't know of anybody else who does this as well. I don't know either. Yeah. Be, maybe Edward Norton, but then we saw him do Hulk. It didn't work. Didn't work, and he had to be a super smart. Edward guy Norton there might too. not be as fun enough. He is not. No, he's dark. He's darker. So you have to be intelligent. Edward Norton's very... Yeah. Edward Norton's about as brilliant uh, on-screen presence as you're going to find. But he's not fun. No, he's not. And you need this character to be smart and fun. Who can pull that off? Young Michael Keaton, maybe? But not now. No, not I mean, now. Not at this no. point. No, no, I mean, you could argue Robbie Downey Jr. is too old for this role. 
Oh yeah, he's like he's in his early forties, I think. Here, no, yeah. but that's about right. That's about right when we enter the Maybe comic it world. Is, I think. but yeah. not if you're going to create a world that lasts for. Because at the end, at the end, I, I've does, seen commercials. It, it looks ridiculous. He looks weird. Like what are we doing here? Just, <laughs> everything's died. It's just like he's like seventy five years old. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what happened in here? <laughs> no. I, I know it's twelve years, but I mean, when you figure if he's in his mid forties here, he's yeah. in his late fifties. Like a it superhero is like fifty seven years old. It's a little, little silly. Old Batman. That's old Batman. Well, I guess we're getting that. Yeah, we are getting that. Uh, but th- I think the movie is is great. Maybe and I said maybe it's a thing where I just haven't seen enough of them. Uh, I'm fully, I'm fully on board with that critique on me. That's fine. Um, there are good ones, and and it, we'll run into we'll run into more of them. And I will try to keep, do my best to keep an open mind. But Iron Man, just speaking about Iron Man, is a fantastic movie. So well done, Marvel. Good job. Yes. B plus, A minus. You know, yeah. we didn't give our thumbs up, thumbs down last week, you realize. We didn't. So, um, do we, we do that? The, yeah. Three movies we covered last week were uh, The Fighter. Yep. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Okay. Yep. Doesn't work. You have to actually say that. Uh, Black Swan. <laughs> thumbs up. Thumbs up. And True Grit. Yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. But we yeah. like True Grit significantly less than the first two. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Way less. Yeah. B, and this B movie we'll get, we'll get, uh, we'll talk about on Patreon, but this movie we'll, we'll likely get two thumbs up. I think so. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll wait till then. Okay. Though. Yeah. yeah God, just, God forbid. Know, <laughs> yes. Is that it? Uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Really good movie. Um, this is the second take a bow we've done. I was, was going to say, you know we've been doing this show a long time when this is our second, second take, take a bow. Of course, the uh, first one was Madonna, um, the bullfight one, which was really creepy and weird. Yes. And that was from, I don't know, sometime in the mid-90s, I think, yeah. yeah. It was supposed to be... Oh, it was her audition. Her audition for Avita. That's why she made that right. that uh, that film right. that the the video the video yeah. the way that it is. Yeah. Um, and as much as I dislike that one, that one's probably a better uh, take about than this one. Um, oh, I disagree with that a little bit. Do you? Yeah, I think that this is not this is not a good song. Uh, particularly, I like Rihanna too. Yeah, and I think she's I think she's got a really pretty voice. And um, the other songs in this album I like, but like Umbrella is a better song. Yeah, and th- this is not. And um, but. There's there's a few did you, you say oh there's a few things that are weird about this okay so this is number one um but it was number one because it, it was put on the reissue yeah, version of this really strange so she releases uh, uh good girl gone bad good girl gone bad <laughs> sorry <laughs> good girl gone bad it's, it's heavily played in mass library it's not no no in two <laughs> in two thousand seven yes. And then a year later, she re-releases it. It is a huge hit. Yeah, has uh, ten million on it, and right, ten million copies sold. Umbrella. There's a few. I think the, all five. I think this is what I read. All five of the singles went top twenty. Okay. Yeah. And then several number ones. Yeah. Uh, including Umbrella. And but anyway, so then a year later, she they reissue the yeah. same album, but just with three more songs on it, including this one, including Take a Bow. Yeah. And so they were. I mean. I guess it worked. So this, so that was, uh, so the the first sounds version, like free money for the studio. I, yeah, I know. It sounds like a great idea. Three, slap three songs and re-release it. Well, but that's what she kept. She keeps doing this now. Oh, yeah, so, can you blame her? No, not at all. Uh, she did. What was the next? Um, the next album she put out. Then she did a. She did a like a the. Oh wait, sorry. This album, Good Girl Gone Bad. It then goes out as the the reissued version, and then they do a mix, like a different mix version of it too. So there's, this is actually like a threefer. Mm. So the next album that comes out, they do this. They do the original version and then the like remixed version. 
And then after that, she does three albums in a row. Uh, it's uh, Talk That Talk is... And then they do the deluxe version a year later. Mm-hmm. And they she does it two yeah, more albums yeah. in a row. I, I mean... Life's money. You know, you know, you know. I guess. I guess it works. So the second... Uh, the reissue of Girl, uh, Good Girl Gone Bad hits number seven, still in the top 200. Mm. So, I mean, it did well. And I guess it really boosted the sales of the first one. Although, why would you get the first one if you've got the second one with the three more songs? I don't understand I don't that. Why would it boost the sales of the first one? It, it did, like, by 900% or something. Like Probably, you know, from the baseline of where it was. Maybe people just had Rihanna on the brain or something. So they went and bought it. I Jesus, know. I guess it. I don't know. But, but that's like a crazy... I never... I don't think I've, we've encountered that before. Mm. I, it seems like a weird, a weird thing to do, but probably they sold a shit ton more records um, because of it. I don't of the three songs that were reissued. It was or three uh, three songs that were added to the reissue. So take a bow, Disturbia, and if I never see your face again. Those other two are better, actually. Oh. I like them better. Uh, the even though the so if I ever see your face again, that's with Maroon Five, but mm. it's actually it's like a. It's probably the best, you know, one of the best Maroon Five songs. Actually, pretty good. Um, but th- those two are better. So this is the this is the weakest one. But you 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 like this one better than the old Take About. Well, I don't like the, the first Take About. The old Take About. I don't like me it neither. And I don't. I, so I heard this song. I'm like, oh, I don't like this song. So then I watched the video, and the video actually is really fun. The video is fun, and she's so charismatic on she screen. Is. So she's kind of like basically out of. Ah, She's like seeing, also like reenacting part of the song, like the song, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's basically this guy's unfaithful, and he's and she's basically telling him like, "Get lost. I want to see you again." Right. Um. But having her actually kind of like, you know, mouth the lyrics, whatever, and um, kind of have the expression on her face and having some fun personality with the song, it elevated it like much higher for me. Like, had I never seen the video, I'm like, oh, the song is just, it's just, just nothing not, really happens. No. But then seeing the video now, I have that kind of stamped in my brain. It's like, oh no, the song has a lot of personality because I'm, I'm picturing Rihanna um, being like wildly charismatic and having fun on, on the video. So like, the, I think to appreciate this song, you almost have to see the video. You do. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. It does, it does elevate it. You're more visual than I am. You definitely need, I, I, I think maybe that's, like I'm definitely more, well, this is the song, but this song itself is nothing. Like, I don't, yeah, this song it's, it's al- alone is nothing there. Yeah, it's not not very fun. It's not it. It's not angry. It's just it's just kind of just she just kind of sings it. But then, but then when you just kind of see her deliver it, it's better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, but so the pro- the problem that I have is it's, it's recycled rock tune again. It's this. It's the same. It's that four chord with or without you spider webs. Like it's that same thing with this really. Just not a very good piano line that just loops over and over and over. And her melody is the fucking same over and over too. Like yeah. this, it just, it doesn't, it's like if you, it's one of those where you hear it once and you're, you're, you're done. Like it's, I don't need to, there's nothing. I'm not going to learn anything else by listening to this a second time. I think her melody being the same is why the video helps so much here. I think because you're right. it doesn't, there's not a lot of, like there's not a lot of emotion in the song. Yeah. Well, I also, I think for, for me though, it feels like she wrote it in like five minutes. This is like a five-minute writing song. Uh, I don't know. I think it's... Well, even the lyrics. The lyrics are really bad. If you read the lyrics, they're going to sound worse than... I'm going to read them. Yeah, but they're not... They're not supposed to come from you. Does that make sense? Well, they're about to come from me. So... All right, I know. You look so dumb right now, standing outside my house, trying to apologize. You're so ugly when you cry. Please just cut it out. It's like, it's not... This is like... It's it's another one of those songs where where she's kind of telling... I don't like it when people tell you a story of like what's happening right now. Oh, this thing is happening, and then I'm doing this thing, and then this thing is. Happening. This is the little the corner of the linear story right, of like, like a, story. a present tense yes. sort of linear story. It seems like a huge cop out because you could just look around the room and say, 
oh, I've got this, you know, piece of art on my wall and there's red in it and it looks, you know, there's an ocean thing in there. It's like, it's, it's just, it's kind of a cop-out. It's like, why don't you put yourself in the emotional place and describe that situation and um, not just in a linear way, but just like describe how you're feeling around it. And you well, know, that's what the video though, you see her feeling. You do see and that's that. Why, maybe that's why you need it. Right. Yeah. So then why, like write it better. Yeah. So I, like, I was like, is this a five minute, did they write this in five minutes? Yeah, I think they did. So I was like, maybe I'll write a song in five minutes too and see, like, see, see how good I oh, do. Oh boy, here we go. Right. So I, I did this, I did a nice little song. Okay, good. Chris's bad music taste Doesn't know arcade fire is waste They're such a bad band I wish that they die in quicksand Or please get shot into space They're the worst band alive The only way that they've survived Is people like Chris Whose opinion you should dismiss Can it be over now? Chris, it's time for you to disavow it's my little song. I can't believe people think that you've really kind of lost your game with parody songs. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. Five minutes. <laughs> I did it to her song using her, her vocal melody. Five minutes. Yeah, amazing. I, I would have guessed seven. You know, <laughs> the quality of that song. That I good. appreciate that. That's well, good. I can, I can see you. you know. I think it's, I think the quality is right, right about the same as this Rihanna song. It's about it's right about there. Mm. That's what I was going for. Okay. <sighs> so that's all I've got to say about the Rihanna. Right. I just, she's got much better stuff. Yes, it's weird that this came. This hit number one. It's weird. Like if people think that this is, is this their favorite song, it's it's, it's just not. This is kind of a boring. Yeah, I, I, maybe if you just got dumped, you know, or whatever. Your boyfriend is unfaithful. Maybe 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 it like it hits those home hits those maybe. notes for you. But like it's home for you. Then maybe it is more of a powerful song. I don't know. Just from a, another like from another writing perspective, though, the way that she the, her vocal melody is is weird for those chords it never really resolves. So even if I were listening to it and I were feeling brokenhearted, I wouldn't, I would never feel like I got home. No, it's a weird it, it, it melody. Is. Yeah, I agree. That's why it feels like a cop out to, 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 I don't know. Like she didn't think it through, but that, that's fine. So the video though, I go back to the video because yeah. the video is wildly more interesting than the song. It uh, is. So <laughs> she, so I'm trying to understand the ending. So she invites the ex-boyfriend back to her house, right? Is that her house or is that his house? I think, it's oh, cause be he's standing house. outside her house. So I think that he comes into her house. Yeah. So, then she lights, she puts all of his clothes on her dining room table and lights them on fire. Yeah. If I'm the boyfriend, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna fuck you. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna walk away and let you burn your own house down. Yeah. Because I don't, you know, the clothes are already gone anyway. So what is the point? Yeah. What What am I doing? Here? But he tries to save the clothes, which is pathetic and sad. Which I, I get is the point. But like, why not just like? If she, and also, she just just ruin her dining room table. She did. Yeah. She okay with that? I well, she's got a lot of money, so she's probably okay with it. But but it does seem kind of a hassle. Like, yeah, see ya. Just just let it go. I wouldn't touch it. I just walk away. She did it herself. Oh, oh, that if yeah, if you have a if you have a ex lover who lights shit on fire in front of you, you walk away. That's yeah. that's your move. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Hmm. Um, no, you're right. You're right about that video though. It's it makes it more entertaining. She's super she's nice. fun. She's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's yeah, good. yeah, yeah, it works. All right. Anything else with the song? No. Okay. Um, what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. So I had just... We're in 2008. 2008. May. So uh, it was September 2007 where I when I hit California. Yeah, 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 yeah. And for the first few months, uh, my ex-girlfriend and I 
uh, lived at her dad's place, actually in Vacaville, and um, which is like northeast of the city, sort of uh, sort of in between San Francisco and Sacramento, kind of far out. Uh, she was go she was taking like classes before Cairo school in San Francisco, so that was a bit of a commute. And I was like looking for a job. I got a job pretty quick, um, like within a couple months, and then basically a couple months after that, we moved to our own place. So this is when we moved to our own place in Alameda. Okay. So Alameda, do we talked about Alameda? Alameda is an island in the bay. Okay. Um, it's actually a man-made island. It's pretty big. It's like it's long and skinny. It's about a like a, a mile deep and about uh, six miles long. Okay. And it was this peninsula, but a lot of marshland between that and uh, and Oakland. And so that got dredged out. That got got like you know cleaned out and made into a place where you could send boats boats to. So you know they created this canal there where it wasn't. It was just kind of marshland before. And um, it's this weird, it's it's kind of an anomaly for that area because the whole east, so the east bay where Oakland is um, looks out over the bay to San Francisco, which juts out in a, in a peninsula. And that whole Oakland, that whole area is like Berkeley, Oakland, and then further south. It's, it's, very, it's very urban. It kind of all sprawls into itself. So like Berkeley, when you're when you leave Berkeley and enter Oakland, you don't know the difference. It's not like here, right, where you go, you know, you kind of know where one town begins, one town ends. It's like it's not like that. You got downtown to downtown almost, because um, the streets continue. Like Telegraph Street is a famous street. Berkeley goes all the way into Oakland, all that. So, so it's this weird. So Alameda is like this little, like, cut off piece of suburbia. You know, just a short tunnel ride or a or short bridge ride away from Oakland. Okay. So it kind of it's almost like. All the houses in in Alameda were built in like the 40s and 50s. So it's that old old style, like Victorian, we'd see in Rochester or Dover. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Rochester or Dover. It's sort of like that suburban sprawl where you got, but you're seeing like the, you know, you're looking across the bay and you see San Francisco and, and the bridges in the city and you're looking like, you know, back the other way. Is, East Alameda, and, is Alameda expensive? Yeah. So it's, it is, uh, I was looking at how, like houses there to buy a house, super expensive for here. It was like to, to get like a kind of a beginner Victorian house. There was at least $550,000. Is it less expensive than living in? So if you were living in the Hills of Oakland or Berkeley, you would be paying a shit ton more. But if you were living like downtown Oakland to rent or something, it was probably about the same. I would guess it was just a little bit quieter. I liked living in Oakland better. In Alameda? Yeah, I was sketched out about Oakland just because it has a really bad rap, but I ended up living by Lake Merritt, which was a great little community. A lot of homeless, and there was some violence and stuff, but it was still... I liked living there a lot more. Alameda is very sleepy town. Mm. Definitely a lot of, like, if you were working in San Francisco, but you couldn't afford to buy a house there, you would live in Alameda and, um, and, and just commute into the city or commute to the East Bay, commute to Oakland or whatever from there. It was a good, like... It was kind of a sleepy town. And you had... So it was all... You know, so you had 75,000 people that were living on this island, though. Wow. Which okay. is kind of, yeah, yeah, it is like its own little yeah. little town. Um, and kind of feels stuck in the 50s a little bit because of architecture. And you had these two main drags that would go um, the, like the, the short way across, so about a mile each on either side of the island, where you'd have most of the, like the restaurants and, the, and like the supermarkets and all that stuff. But then everything inside of that was suburban. There were ball fields and schools and... And you, you had the bay too. You would, you know, you could, you'd go down and had like a, a, like a beachfront area and stuff, which was nice. But, but it does, it feels like you're kind of back in time. This feels very this strange. Really familiar. So do you know, uh, Roosevelt Island of New York? I don't. So it's a, uh, Island between Manhattan and Queens. It's a small, long, skinny Island. Yeah. It's very familiar. 
And um, if you ever seen like Spider-Man, he's on like that crazy red tram. Yeah. So that goes to Roosevelt Island. That's what it's probably most famous for. It's, it gives you kind of cool. It's mm. a, it's like a tram is the right word, but it's like a, a cable car. Yeah, suspended. And, and, yeah. and it, it gives you really cool views of the city. So people, because it costs as much as like a subway ride. So you go on and you get almost like for $2, you get like a really cool view of the city. So yeah. then you get off. Maybe you get like a, they have like ice cream trucks there, and then you just get back on. But like I'm like I really like this island. It's also a subway stop as well. Mm. So I, uh, me and my ex, we'd, we'd explore. We go there a lot because you felt like you were out of the city. You felt like a yes. suburban. Yeah. But instead of you said 50s, it was very much like late 60s, early 70s. Like so, you had like a it was no houses there. It was apartment buildings, but the apartment buildings were much smaller than like Manhattan. Right. And you had a general feel of community there. Um, and then uh, it was very much like that's where people who like moved there when they had kids who right and it was but it was pretty expensive like it wasn't as expensive as like you know a you know upper west side or like upper east side like you know giant jerry seinfeld apartment but you no. have like a yard and stuff too which uh, is you you had like common space but you had like tons of fields like ball yeah, fields there yep, yep. so you had way more like the yard or well not yard but the fields per person ratio is much better than manhattan yeah you know i mean a lot more accessibility to parks and stuff and it was just a lot more like they were like a community gardens it was just a lot more like for people that had kids that still wanted to live in this city. Yeah. Um, and we talked about like, Oh, maybe we'll do that. But it was honestly, we probably wouldn't have been able to afford it. It was, it was still wildly expensive. It was really expensive. I mean, I made good money there and I was like, if I, that was one of the you know reasons why this is not like a place for me to live That's what happened. For, yeah. for, you know, forever. You know, if I ever wanted kids or something, cause I can't like you buy, I make good money, but I'm not going to, you know, right. it's a starter house for $550,000. Like that's, that's it, some old Victoria with like an old kitchen and shit. I, I don't, victorian i i'm not gonna it doesn't make sense like in new york like you know if you want to have kids great so you put in public schools which <laughs> i worked yeah. in education technology there and like i would you know every school in new york is a metal detector it's like i don't yeah. know if i want my kid but then if you want to put your kid in a private school you got to make a million dollars a year and i'm like right. i'm never gonna do that so if that's the case like and i was doing pretty well in new york like but like i'm not making a million dollars a no, year like no. so it's just like uh, like you just always felt like you it was just like you were never even close to enough but it was cool because you could walk. You know, it was very easy to walk. And you weren't worried. There was, the homeless population was nowhere. I would nowhere. like Alameda, I think. This, you, sounds, this sounds like a cool well, spot. Well, if you ever go out there and visit, you should go on the island I, I, and check I, it out. I, I totally will, yeah. Because, uh, you know, in that beachfront area was pretty nice, too. I never really swam in the bay except for there, we had a cup um, every once in a while. So the weather in the East Bay is some of the best weather in the entire world. You've got, you know, eight months a year, it's 75 to 85 degrees. Like, that's it. And sunny skies. It's, it's beautiful. It's not cold. Everyone, every time I see San Francisco, like, it, it's always a cold. San Francisco is different across mm. the bay in that peninsula yes they get a lot of fog so the fog comes in okay. into the bay like it engulfs in the morning it it, uh, it comes in and engulfs san francisco all the way kind of close to alameda sometimes in the morning you'd see a little fog but then by you know mid-morning it rolls back out into the ocean so you know it's also east bay is beautiful san francisco is rough depending on what neighborhood you're in now you you can, see victorian of these houses victorian like old, victorian's like, are huge like houses. new victorian though I know like, what that means um, it just the smaller versions of that, but you still have it's that architecture where you've got like the peaked roofs, and if you go into Rochester, it's like all the the kind of the, the houses that were built in the fifties are kind of like that. The thirties are a little bit different. All the thirties right. you have some of the colonial style, or you have the boxier versions. These are more kind of peaked hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, you can t- you know I'll, I'll let you Google search uh, that. But oh, oh, thank you. But anyway, so the East Bay weather is amazing. So you'd get that. Um, it, it's a good place to live too for that reason because if you were to live so if you were to live in so the berkeley hills or the oakland hills are are really nice and really expensive and the weather's good there too but then everywhere else like if you were down 
you know, if you were in Berkeley or in Oakland, you're going to pay a shit ton for, for a house. Or if you go over the hills, so further east, you're in the desert. And those are nice and expensive communities too, but the, the weather is a lot like harsher in the summertime. And then San Francisco is can be still cold kind of year round. Is the bay gross? Like you said you didn't swim in it, but like why? Yeah, that's why all right. you swim in it though? Yeah, I was is never gross. Really, yeah, I like, I would prefer, I like, I like, I feel, I don't really like still water as much yeah, as I either. like ocean. You know what yeah, I mean? You, you weren't getting ocean waves. It wasn't like that. I right. really like the beach um, north of San Francisco. Actually, no, yeah, the uh, on the other side, it's actually northwest. On the other side of where um, Golden Gate Park is, this is a long, long, long park in San Francisco. That uh, that beach on the other side is beautiful, and you have huge waves, and you know it's really the the California coast has got really really nice waves. But in the bay, it's just kind of eh. Mm. But it's scenic. And the other cool thing is there was a a. Um, there was a, a ferry stop there oh. too. So you could, and you would take it right to AT&T, AT&T Park. Oh. So when we would go into the city to watch baseball games, that's how I would do it. So you, know, you go take, see Giants games. Uh, yep. Giant, like whenever. How close were you to the eight? I would I would have thought Oakland, Alameda Stadium. Like that's what it's, it's called. Like I would think that would be the, the yep. obvious yep, easy yep. choice. Maybe not. So when I, so whenever the Red Sox came out, I would see all three games. Yeah. That's and, what I did when I lived in Florida. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, because they were like, it was like super cheap. You, right. Like, you could just get them. I would get good seats. I would pay like yeah, 150 yeah. bucks and be right on the other side of the dugout. Right. Like, it was really nice. Yeah. Or, um, I, so we had, uh, our, by the, um, the medical practice I was working for was big and AT&T was our, our provider. Okay. And they, it was AT&T, um, stadium or, uh, AT&T park. Yeah. So, they had their the Giants box. play, by the way. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. So they had right. They had their bo- like their box seats right above um, home plate. So oh, nice. They comp me bo- yeah. box seats for when the Red Sox came. Oh, nice. Uh, I saw Poppy go go deep into um, into uh, what is it? Co- whatever. Co- Cove. 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 Yes. And uh, th- 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 those were fun. Anyway, so I I would go, but sometimes we would just go. I went and saw playoff games too, and the because the Giants were good then. You had Lindsay yeah. come in as prime. Well, they were. Um, they won three World Series in five years. Right. I mean, they were. You know, I think you. I, I was there. Yeah. So 2000. Were you there for the last one? No, 10? I don't think so. No. I, uh, so they weren't good. You were there really, honestly. No, they were. When they were there. They went to the world. They won the world series. Oh, so you were there for 10. I, didn't they win in, um, I thought they won. They won every other year. You wasn't did. it? Didn't they win eight, 10, 12? I thought it was 10, 12, 14. Maybe you're right. No, it was 10, 12, 14. Was, was it? it? I think so. Well, they were definitely in the playoffs. Cause I saw them, uh, in the, I think it was the nationally championship series against, the fuck was it maybe philadelphia i went i was uh i was at a playoff game yeah. giants playoff game there they were good they, they yeah all right i definitely saw lincecum one of his Cy young years yeah i saw him pitch uh who's matt what's the guy's matt name kane. matt kane saw yeah. him pitch a few times that was trying, that I'm was trying fun. to think maybe you're right maybe it is 8 10 i'm trying to think now i think i saw i definitely saw a, a championship series game when i was there hmm yeah Anyway, but yeah, that's super, that's super that's fun. fun. That's cool. Cause I could take the, right. I could take the BART. I could take the subway system yeah. over to the Oakland Coliseum. How long was that ride for you from where you were? Not long. So it was a five minute, uh, walk to the BART and then maybe a 10 minute hmm. subway nice. there. But then you had to walk a little bit where Oakland stadium is, is like, that's a rough, yeah, it's I like a train that. yard yeah. and industrial. It's really not a pretty place. And that field isn't very nice either, but it's fun. It's fun to, you know, if you're, Red Sox fan going and you know, it's, it's, it's and it's easy because you could just get on the fucking train just like it was for you when you would go see the Mets play a lot right because you could just get on a yeah I could be from my couch to my actual seat I had seen tickets uh, in like sometimes you get it right you get it in, like twenty seven minutes something from like chair to, from couch to chair yeah. probably about a half hour something something like that for me too cause about five minute walk and then you'd wait for the train and then like maybe a five or ten minute walk at the other end of yeah it. yeah something like yeah, that I, I could I could I, 
Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is 8, 10, 12. I think that's what it is. I think you're right. Yeah, so then, because uh, Red Sox won in seven. Yeah, because 14 was the, the uh, Royals lost to somebody. Because yeah. they won in 15 against the Mets. Right. Yeah. They were good. So, uh, but yeah, taking the boat across the bay, beautiful too. And that park, AT&T Park, I don't think it's called that anymore. I think they just switched. But that park is beautiful. Yeah, I heard very good things about that park. Beautiful yeah, park. park. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's funny because Oakland is the exact opposite. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. But Oakland would do, so, like, they would do fan stuff. Of course uh, they last, have to. They have to. The last game of the year, they would do fireworks that were actually good. I'm not a big fireworks guy, but they would do, like, planets and words and, and uh, cool stuff. Yeah. So after the game, you know, um, I think two of the years after the, after the last game, I went to the, I, you get to go down on the field yeah. and, like, watch the, that, that's, that's, cool. that's yeah. fun that's stuff. Fun, yeah. Yeah. Or whenever the Red Sox were there. That was, yeah. that was fun, too. But um, anyway, so, yeah, we just, we just moved to Alameda. Oh, Alameda sounds was, like a cool spot. You might, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, like, more family-oriented. I like that. Yeah. That was what I was doing. Hmm. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, I got headlines here, huh? You do. There's more to that story, but I'm going to cut it off here because we'll, we'll, because it will, it'll, it'll just take a while. So I have save a it for the next time we yeah, do that. Yeah. That yeah, time yeah. We'll do that. Um, so we are in May of 2008. We are. Uh, Hillary, Hillary Clinton wins the Kentucky primary, but that same day, <laughs> they're going to say the Kentucky Derby and I was going to laugh. No, it, w- it wouldn't have been funny. Anyway. No, it uh, cause she's not a horse. Uh, Obama oh. wins the Oregon primary the same day. Right. This is, this is a pretty heated, if you don't remember, this is a pretty heated battle, although I'm sure everyone remembers. I would have assumed Clinton would have been the, would have won, would have would Crazy, have right? Here. Yeah, it was crazy I mean, that Obama you, did. Because he was so young, I mean. Yeah. Uh, so Early experienced 40s. compared to, to uh, her. Uh, okay, so Jeremy Gonzalez died. Jeremy Gonzalez is spelled G-E-R-A-M-I. He was only 33. He's a, a pitcher okay. uh, for the Red Sox in 2005. Um but he also pitched for the Cubs. He, he, his first year was 98. Uh, he went like 11 and seven with the Cubs. I'm sorry, 97. He went 11 and seven with the Cubs. And then 98 was the Kerry Wood year. Yeah. And then he got hurt. Him, Gonzalez got hurt. Uh, but I mean, Gonzalez, that first year was like ninth in rookie of the year. Like he was a pretty decent pitcher, but he got really hurt in 98. And then he didn't come back until 2003 with the Rays, the Devil Rays at the time. That's a long, that's long, that's a long Jesus. layoff. Uh, and he was, re- he was probably the best pitcher for the 2003 Devil Rays. Huh. Devil, Three devils were terrible, but he sure. was probably the best. He was a, he had a decent year, and then oh four, uh, he was not as great. And then oh five, he came with the Red Sox. He actually pitched in that playoff series against the White Sox. Uh, he came in relief, his mop up duty, um, and then he. Uh, see the White Sox won. Oh yeah, the White Sox swept him. Yeah, when they won the World, the World, series, World series, right? Series. Yeah, 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 okay. Um, and he was in two thousand three or four. He was on the mound when Stanley Sosa's bat exploded. Oh shit! Yeah, um, and the corked bat. Yeah, uh, which kind of was the beginning of the end of Sammy. Yeah, uh, and then he also Jeremy Gonzalez. Uh, out of anyone who's had six or more bats, of six, anyone who's faced Barry Bonds six or more times, Jeremy Gonzalez is uh, the person that got Barry Bonds out the the greatest efficiency. Oh. Bonds is zero for six against Gonzalez. No oh, wow. one else can say that. Um, so Gonzalez, um, what year are we in? 2008. So in 2007, uh, he kind of, he, he kicks around the minors really at this point. He, I think he was in Japan for a little bit. Like it's the end of the day. So in 2008, he went back to his native Venezuela. He's on a beach struck by lightning. No. Dies. Okay. Fuck. Yeah. At, at, uh, at this time. So a year later, um, his ex, his girlfriend, his ex, you know, obviously his ex-girlfriend, I guess now. Well, yeah, he's, he's dead. dead. Yeah. Uh, she sees online someone selling his stuff, his personal stuff that was on him when he died that they never recovered. Fuck. And so then they went and got his body exhumed 
to see if he had been murdered. It, I never, so I checked for a long time. I didn't see any sort of result on that, which makes me believe that it probably was the lightning strike that got him. It yeah. wasn't like, I think you would have heard it. What I'm guessing is what happened was he was killed by a lightning strike because they did an autopsy. And that's what they, I mean, I'm sure it was pretty clear. It was an, I didn't strike, but I'm guessing when he was lying there dead, someone came over and instead of trying to help, probably just ripped him off. Probably. Jesus though. And then, and then they, that's, and then they went and sold the stuff online. Pieces of shit. Um, but yeah, only 33, but yeah, imagine that you're a, you know, you just, you know, you're on a beach in Venezuela, you know, and, uh, it was, it wasn't even like an ocean beach. It was like a lake beach. <sighs> and, uh, yeah, he gets struck by lightning. Wild. Yeah. But Jeremy does the pitch for the Red Sox. I'm sure if you saw his face, you might recognize him. He had kind of a, uh, like a pudgier face. Yeah. Um, and they said he was there with, with the Sox. No, he was, wasn't very good. No five, but he was, he was good in Pawtucket and they kind of kept, he, he did that shuttle up and down. Yeah. He was kind of like that long man. It's kind of, Hey, they used him like mop up duty. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a ton of high. He started a few games, but he wasn't in a ton of high leverage situations. And then they had him, uh, in the, uh, in the bullpen for that. Oh, five series. Cause remember there's one game. The Red Sox got just annihilated by the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And I think they just had him. Just, hey, just, just go as long as you can. Yeah. Just like yeah. eat a binning so we can yeah. c- go back and fight the next day kind of thing. Right. But, um, that, that would be really hard to, um, to like fake a lightning strike though like how do you do that yeah you know i i think she was just you know with the stuff being sold i, right. I mean i'm guessing that's what happened was he was actually struck by lightning uh yeah. but then um jesus but, like, th- but then someone just came by and just those took his jewelry and left. i mean how about <laughs> i'm guessing that's, I mean, that's so shitty it sucks to fuck you guys because they would have had to recognize him i guess right they would have i don't know. know you could have saw I mean, not, not necessarily. I'm but just, like maybe, his clothes, though? I guess maybe a watch Maybe or you just recognize him as a rich guy. Or you walk yeah. by, like, who's this you know, guy that has more money than most of us have, you know, de- dead here? He's yeah. not going to miss this jewelry, this watch, this necklace. Let's just I, take it. Oh, fuck those guys. I know, right? It's fucked up. It's um, and uh, yeah, if they said they exhumed his body in 2009. I don't know what happened. I, I'm guessing but it was stuck, nothing out. else said anything about a lightning strike after that either. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, Jeremy Gonzalez. Yeah. I remember when that happened. It was very strange. Cause he said he, he was just retired. A young guy, 33. Imagine that you're on a lake and he's just, bam, just go like that. I mean, I'm sure he didn't feel it. Must've, must've. He said he died part. instantly. Yeah, it must've. So, um, which makes sense. Uh, you read in the Guinness book of world records that someone had been struck by lightning, like some, like seven times <laughs> and then they killed themselves. Well, think of like, you know, CTE. I mean, think of what type of damage if, to the right. brain, you know, with that type Psychological of Psychological damage. Oh. Like, you're hit so many times and he, I guess the guy it happened to, I've read, I'm going, now I'm just going by memory of the story I read like 25 years ago, but he, uh, he felt like, like it was like out to get him. You know what I mean? Like he felt like, I can understand that. I mean, how yeah. do you not believe in like, some like, sort of fate at that point? Yeah. It'd be hard to, to, you know, think that we're like, we're in some sort of simulation. Someone's fucking with me. Cause like, right. Cause seven times. I mean, come have on. Have you ever had like a near death experience? Uh, like a real one. Not like not, a, I have, I had no like a panicky time like a uh, underwater in in a pool like I slipped off I was really young and I I was uh, going down I was like swimming on the steps because it wasn't over my head but I slipped off and went into the pool and luckily you know people saw me and came and got me out that that was the most I was like terrified and like panicky but never never like lost consciousness and had to be resuscitated yeah right I now. never really I've been in like car accident but nothing yeah nothing bad no, I, I actually never I've never broken a bone unlike you uh, I've never broken <laughs> a bone. Like- you like, broke your wrist uh, riding the bike. That's well, because I've done. I do things. So yeah. I'm like I do athletic things too. and do things. I, do, you know? I, I, I just get off the couch. Anytime you want to play tennis, buddy. Anytime you want to play. Springtime. Okay. When yeah. your wrist is healed, right? Because you're broken. Uh, yeah, I've never, I've never broken a bone. I've never really had any um, sort of, you know, 
thing like that. But it, it, you read about people who have, and you're like, you know, real serious ones. And um, it seems to have or almost, you, you would think it would just make you feel like, great. Oh, I'm so happy I'm alive. Everything's wonderful. Well, but it really seems to have this really dark underbelly to it. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense. Oh, I think also two times, it's, you're so the i think the overwhelming joy of being alive would last for a little bit but then you go back down you're, you're gonna come back to earth like you're yeah. gonna go a year from that or two years from that and you're gonna go back to your life and that that sort of thankfulness is gonna wear off like that's not gonna stay with you so then you know maybe the trauma of it is more apt to fuck with you later on jeff bridges once again jeff bridges he's yeah. been kind of the story of the uh, of our Out lives of the here the last, yeah but he's in a uh, good movie about that called fearless Oh yeah, uh, I've seen Isabella yeah. Rossellini and Rosie Perez. Uh, that, but yeah. it's about I think it's about someone surviving a I believe his thing was a plane. So one of them was a plane crash. I think it was a plane crash. Uh, and um, I remember him on the top of the building. Yeah, that's like the, I guess that's like the movie poster. I think yeah. is that too. But yeah, but it's just like, uh, and he that movie has it's kind of a it's not a very joyful movie. No, it's dark because don't do they search for like the adrenaline rush of that? Is it? Yeah, is I think that part, it's of like, it? try, part of that is that they're trying yeah. to like get that same rush, but also just part of like just coping and surviving. Yeah. Um, no, obviously, survivor's guilt is, is is different kind of what I'm talking about. But I'm just talking about, like, just you survive. But it seems like when that happens, like, a little chunk of your humanity is gone. I think so. And, yeah. I mean, if I survive a plane crash, I don't know that I'm ever flying again. I mean, I think that's probably... <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm not kinda, flying again. It's kind of like, one, that's once, yeah. once, once is enough. That's but all you, you get. You a whole thing of planes. You don't like planes, right? I know. I'm trying... Well, or equate it to something else, I guess. But that... Yeah. You think with planes is weird, though, right? Why, why do you think it's weird? Because planes don't really crash... No, they don't. It's yeah, so, but fears are irrational. It's just, but that's right. It's weird. That's why it's like. Well, you. I, don't well, I mean, if you. I don't think it's weird. I think it's very human to have fears about. You know, I don't think so. Things. I think fear. I think if you're. Well, no. It's part of what makes us human is having fear. Some, well, fear, illogical fear, is if you you should be able to get past. Thank you. That's that's definitely a a, a trapping of mine that I can't get past it. I agree. No, but don't you think so? Like, if it's if you can tell if you have the intelligent. If you have the intelligence to know, all right, well, this plane's not going to crash. Like, planes don't crash. I know. Yes, I know. I know. I know. Then, in theory, you should be able to kind of just kind of. Just like you and the headphones. You were afraid of the headphones, but you put it on your head. I don't like. No, that's different. You're you're equating two wild different things. One is me, just, I'm not comfortable. I don't like it. It annoys me. Well, that's part of it with the plane, too. I'm I'm also wearing headphones. I don't see you on a fucking plane. That's true. Just, you know. I'm just saying, you don't need to get heated. You're just trying to pick at me. No need to get heated. That's a good example. Not that's right. No, that's what I'm saying. You're my hero. You got you. You, no, well, you, I don't, I don't, it's you challenge your fear of fear. headphones. It's not a fear. And it was you never got, a fear. You, you, don't, got, you, you, got don't, you don't know what fear is. It's not I do, yes, I do know what fear is. Oh, I know you do. You're no, but, the, but I think the plane thing is, it's part of that too. It's the whole experience is uncomfortable. It's not just the fear. There's another element to it. Like, I know the thing's not going to crash. Oh, planes are wildly uncomfortable. The whole experience. It's awful. Like, you know, it takes all day. No matter what, you go on a two-hour oh, plane. Like, the whole thing takes all day. You're in line. Oh, yeah. Yet now there's all this shit. Like, people are scanning you. You're with a shit ton of people, which I don't like anyway. You're crammed on this thing that you can't get off of. The seats are too small for me. It The air Completely is... agree. Everything is wrong. It's so, awful. So it's hard to like... I think part of it is just it's hard for me to to, like you know, motivate myself to do that because of all the other parts of it. Not, not the necessarily that's the fear. Than fear. That's, that's, uh, I think that's why I'm saying there's two things going on. Yeah. Here. It's not just like oh. the fear of it doesn't really hold that much emotional impact with me anymore. It really doesn't. But I think the whole thing is it's just being un- really uncomfortable and me not wanting to deal with that. That's part of it. I hate flying. Fucking sucks. Uh, we flew first class only home from the honeymoon. Yeah. That I could do. That was actually a very, very, very positive experience. Yeah, I think that would be. A I kind of like experience. only. I think I only want to do that moving forward. Like, I, if I if I never go on a plane again, like I'd be perfectly content with that. Laura likes to travel and, and stuff. I think. Oh, shit, not. I think she does. You know, more than me. 
uh, I'm just kind of burnt out with, I traveled a lot for work. You did, when, yeah. When I, especially when I was in New York, and I, I'm just like, oh, I'm good. Um, but there are places I would like to go that you probably need to fly to. So I, I yep. get it. Um, yep. But if we could, I'd rather go on less trips and go first class only and then go on like just more trips and just be like trapped in that. In that Absolutely. Coach. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful experience. Yeah. First class though is quite good. And it does take away a lot of that headache of it. Yeah. Particularly if you've got like a streamlined process to get on to. You're like, you're not with all the, the cattle. It's, it's just nice. It's just, yeah. and you get like, you know, it's just, it's a really comfortable. Oh, that little room and crazy rich Asians, like one of those. That'd be fine with it. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, like the seat's the big thing. I'm, I'm six, two and like my legs, I have really long legs and like yeah. the circulation always gets fucked up. I'm like, I'm just not comfortable. You're just next to people. It's awful. I don't, right. I don't want to be next like to the them. seats in first class. is just so roomy. Yeah. It's, it was, it was real. Like, this is great. I'm uh, this is, I definitely only want to do it in the way because flying home sucks. So Laura and I kind of made a pact. Like, yeah. we all, like ideally we're always going to try to get first class when we home. Yeah. Yeah. You going there. It's you're going on your trip. It's kind of fun. You're like, oh, I'll put up with a lot of shit. Right. Going home is like, all right, well. Yeah, we're we're ready to be done. Yeah. He's just like, get us there now. Oh, I got so fucking drunk. That was probably the last time I was really drunk was coming home from my my honeymoon. Coming home? Yeah. You're like, you want one last hurrah? Well, no, we did first class and it's free drinks. Oh, okay, I see. Right. I, oh, I, I just, I, I gave the, uh, keep them coming to the, to the, <laughs> just, uh, I was like, let's keep them rolling, honey. Oh, it was great. Pop, 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 Maybe, pop. maybe drinking on a plane would actually be good for me. I always thought that it would make me feel like ill and dizzy and weird. <laughs> it made me feel real good. I walked out and I still, I still get the luggage and my, my, my mom drove us home. Like, so we had a ride yeah. back to our, uh, to, to your our, house, to our house. So I, uh, <laughs> I was feeling pretty good. <laughs> I was lit up again. The suitcase. I'm all fucking drunk. <laughs> cause you've been drinking for, oh, cause it's like maybe a three and a half hour flight or something. Yeah. I was from, Key so West, I was from Miami. We, we oh, were at Key West, but yeah, it was yeah, about a four hour flight, right? Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. Then, yeah. But so you're still buzzing by the time you got out. Of oh, I, I drank until we land. I, I, I was just like, I was, and I think I chugged like the last one. Like, yeah, it was like, it was all screwdrivers wait. too. They didn't have any cider. So it was just, it was, just, it was all vodka. Wait, wait, wait. So how many drinks did you have on this, in this four hour span? Three and let's call it three and a half. I think it's really three and a half. And you got to take off too. So you're not I, drinking right from get go. It's basically like a, no, no, they let you drink before you take off <laughs> and then you have to chug it before it actually, the plane moves. Wow. So they brought me a drink before it took off. So I so, chugged so you it. took that one down. Okay. And then, um, and then the plane takes off, right? Yeah. And then they come back with drinks, and and it just kept him coming. How many you think? I don't remember. The over under would be seven and a half. Holy shit! And I and I was doubling up. And, I would uh, be so dead. I'd be puking <laughs> like. Up. Oh. It was just. It was like I just. I, I had like it was just nip after nip after nip. It was like. <laughs> it was great. So much orange juice. <laughs> oh Jesus! It was so great. Oh, I that get... was the last time I was really drunk on hard alcohol. But that, that was a fun. That was a great flight home. That was fantastic. Two thumbs up for us. What? How did? Wh- what did Laura think about you? And <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like making like when we got the luggage, I was like I was making up songs, and I was like, I was just being kind of shitty, just being an asshole, you know, like about other people, you know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're making and fun of everybody Laura, else. Laura likes so I, you know, I think she like thinks it's funny when I when she you know, being kind of shitty. Yeah, I was just being kind of asshole, and I was just getting the luggage, just being just being a goofball. Yeah, oh, I, was I could picture her looking at you a little stern though. Little what? Little stern, like looking at you a little stern. No, 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 no. She's, she's totally, She it. thinks it's funny. She thinks okay. it's right. Yeah, she thinks she she likes she yeah. Well, she, the only she's like she you no know, she's she likes when I'm mischievous and just being a kind of a clown. She, okay, that's good. That's All right, she's perfect woman she for you then. Oh yeah, perfect, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Otherwise, she, this would she, not. Work. She thinks it's great. This <laughs> is funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was. Uh, yeah, I was. That was. Remember, I'm the drunkest I've ever been around her. Was that flight? That way. I was fucked up. 
and you just got married. He's like, she's like, this is what I got myself into. No, she was great. She was great. The first time I was, we both were so like, plus just the, like the enthusiasm of like, cause you, you know, you're on a plane. You're like, fuck, we got to fly home. It sucks. Yeah. And then to get on the plane and then have it be um, like a great experience is such like a, it's a, a one what you expected. Yeah, right. And we just had a great honeymoon, a great wedding. It was just like, we're just on cloud nine. So it was like, oh, this is awesome. Like and top it off with this great flight home. And then we were home and the next day was Super Bowl. Oh, another party. Yeah, so we, we had that to look forward to, on the you know, so we both like football, like bullet to bet on football, so we had that to look forward to, uh, and then a month later, the whole world shut down. <laughs> that was it, so. that's it. Sorry, party's over. But uh, it was a fun start to the good year way to anyway. go out. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, have you ever flown first class? Never. I had never. I had never done it. Yeah, and heavily. Well, you don't fly, that's right? But heavily I flew. A sh- I flew a shit ton in my life, though. That's the thing. For the first, you know, twenty five years of my life, I flew a shit ton. A lot, really a lot, yeah. but uh, never first class. Even though, like, the family I was flying with had money and stuff, but it was never never first class. Hmm. Never, I, like, got bumped up to first class. No, it never happened to me either. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was part of, like, the Delta, like, because like, I was flying to Hawaii oh, all the time. So, yeah. like, I was part of their, their club and, like, whatever, and I didn't get I never got bumped up. Yeah. Uh, flew Hawaiian Airlines. That was a really good experience. Um, the flight was incredibly long and awful, but they make it as comfortable as you can. I it's still so was in coach. I think we were like an accelerated coach because we got some special treatment, but like mm-hmm. it was, but I didn't have, but it was still, it was a very long fight, but they do make it the best that you could possibly make it. Like it made it less overwhelming. And I mean, it did make me kind of want to go back to Hawaii again. Yeah. I did coach, uh, to Europe twice and, and, and back. And it was not, those are long too. Like you, one way is, yeah, I think when you go the right way, it's maybe six hours and the other way it's like, Hawaii seven is like, or eight. like double digits. Oh, from here, yeah, you're yeah, fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I in New York. We had we had yeah. one drop like refueling in L.A. Oh, did you? And then, but we never got off the plane. So you're still on the yeah. plane. Yeah, it's six hours from L.A. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's a long way. It was oh, it was crazy. It was a crazy long flight. But um, going that way. I didn't yeah. sleep either. Sometimes, sometimes I can sleep, but like there were a lot of movies, and um, they brought you like I don't know the food was more interesting than typical airline. Like they made it like they as actually as made it, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, my sister fly used to fly to Asia a lot, and she would have those like i think it was maybe it was classified as business cr- class but your seat would fold down into a bed and you had like walls and yeah oh, kind of nice. your own little cubby yeah. thing which yeah which was nice that makes it a lot better yeah because you have to try to sleep i mean 12 hours or something or 13 hours but I, I but typical airline travel i totally get is awful it's awful um so i think that's it. so I we're back it. on uh saturday with uh indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull it's a mouthful. And then the uh, the Patreon movie this week is, is a big one, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. And then we got the watch along on Saturday night. Yes, watch along. So yeah, if you're not a patron, sign up, become a patron, and then we'll, um, you can, uh, if you're looking for something to do uh, next Saturday at, or Saturday coming up at, uh, at, at seven, then boom, come watch Face Off with us. All right, see you soon.